We just, we need to make room sometimes for Jesus to do what he wants to do. And healings and miracles still happen today. We believe that. We believe that's part of why Jesus went to the cross. That's part of why he took stripes on his back. Come on. So that we could be free from sickness and pain and sin and the effects of this world. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing in this room today. And uh, this is bad, but I was thinking miracles still do happen because even though the Steelers didn't make the playoffs... I really enjoyed watching the Patriots lose last weekend, and the Ravens lost yesterday. I'm like, it was a miracle. I guess if we're not going to make it to the playoffs, that's the next best thing. I still enjoyed watching the games. So, oh, is that bad? Is that bad for me to admit in front of everybody is the pastor, Pastor Schadenfreude? I don't know what's going on here, but um, gosh. I'm still going to talk a little bit today. I wanted to just introduce this topic. Maybe I won't spend as much time as normal, but I think it's relevant and important. And, and it's January. How many of you know what we were going to talk about in January? Uh, you don't want to admit it that loud in church. Well, thank you for being here, even though you knew I was going to talk about money today. Uh, I wanted to start this series called Super Money. And uh, Super Money looks like regular money. But it has special powers. And you may, you may actually have some in your wallet or in your bank account right now. You might not even know it. It's like working next to Clark Kent at the, you know, at the Daily Planet and you were fooled by those glasses. Come on, did you ever watch those movies and think, really, the glasses? Like, that fooled everybody? They didn't know you were Superman? You may not know that you have super money in your possession right now. And you may be sitting there thinking, oh, yeah. That's right, Pastor Chris. My money already has superpowers. Like, it can disappear in an instant. Like, when it, when you're, just when you're not looking at it, it was just there yesterday, and now it's gone. It's like, it's like a superpower. You may think, my money's got heat vision, because it burns a hole in my pocket and just disappears all the time. Come on, you may be thinking your money already has superpowers. It, it has the ability to make people act crazy and nervous and worried it, just by being there or not being there. It's got this power over people. It may, you may find your money has the power to attract friends that you didn't even know you ever had. How many of you have seen that's true? It's like you see the stories all the time. Somebody hits the lottery and all of a sudden they've got five million relatives that come out of the woodwork saying, hey, I'm your second cousin twice removed. I could use a little bit of cash. You might think it has that superpower that uh, un unknowingly sometimes your money may magically transform into a new tv or a couch (laughs) so you're thinking okay yeah it's got superpowers can i just tell you those are not the superpowers i'm talking about this morning money does do those things sometimes but i want to talk about it a a little bit different today some special powers that it has and and i'll get to those in a second but thank you again for being here and some people think it should be taboo to talk about money in church have you ever met one of those people? They're like, oh, all they ever do is talk about money, or they're very jaded towards it. And sometimes, I don't know why, but people think that churches' talks about money fall into one of two categories. They either think, oh, churches all the time, they tell you how you should never have any money. Have we ever heard a church give that message of, oh, it's, like, it's almost like poverty is next to godliness. And I know that's, that's not true. It was cleanliness. That is, was what was next to godliness, because you better wash behind those ears and brush those teeth. Come on. It's, but some churches, you would go there and you would think that that's the message, that if you just get rid of all your money, you'll be more holy. How many of you know that's not true? Psalm, Psalm 23 actually says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
Literally, you look up that translation, it is, I shall not be in lack. Poverty is not part of God's kingdom. More on that in a second. Because that's the one camp. They tell you, they, you go to church, they tell you you shouldn't have any money. Or people picture churches that you go to a church and they tell you you should have all kinds of money just for the sake of having money. How many of you know that's not true either? Both, both of those are wrong. And uh, it was kind of interesting. I think people may be sometimes a little bit jaded. Uh, I, I do believe God wants to prosper you in many ways. Sometimes finances may be part of that. And sometimes it may be other things. But I know his desire is to prosper you, that you would be in health even as your soul prospers. There's all kinds of basis for it in Scripture, but it does get out of whack sometimes in church. And I think people get jaded because they see uh, these people with all this money in church, and it's almost like they're preaching a message of we need to worship God so we could get more money. And, and I saw somebody sent me a list this week. Uh, I don't know why they were inclined to send it to me but it was a list of the 10 wealthiest pastors in the world. I didn't make the cut. I, I'm probably like down in the teens somewhere. I, yeah. The millionteenth somewhere down there. But, but these, these 10 pastors, that their net worth was millions and millions of dollars. And it was pretty amazing to me. I don't know how this worked out. DJ, maybe you can tell me later. Uh, Four of the ten pastors on the list were from Nigeria. Is something going on that I don't know about? And it, it made me think, maybe all those emails that we get from the Nigerian millionaires, maybe they're not all spam. Maybe something is going on that we don't know about. Maybe there's somebody somewhere like this. The, the prince is talking to his accountant. He says, I've emailed everyone I can possibly find, my prince, but no one wants help to move your money. I don't know what it is, but it was four out of the ten on the list from Nigeria, worth millions and millions. And sometimes that makes people a little bit jaded towards people that are preaching the gospel and talking about money also. But both of those extremes are bad, either telling you you should not have any money or telling you it's just money for money's sake. Those are both errors that have happened in churches over the years. And, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Money is not bad. Look at your neighbor say, money's not bad. Jesus talked about money a lot. Fully one-third almost of his parables had something to do with money. About one out of every seven verses in the book of Luke has something to do with money. So Jesus talked about it a whole lot. And never once did Jesus say that money itself was inherently evil. Come on. Sometimes our relationship with it really gets messed up. Yeah, the Bible is very clear that the pursuit of money as an ends to itself will get you in all kinds of trouble. There will be many griefs you will be pierced with. How, how many of you know the world will quote, oh, money is evil because they don't know the Bible? What did Jesus, what does it actually say in the Bible? The love of money. When you put that first in your life, when you make that your pursuit, that's what's evil. And gets us off track. And uh, sometimes our relationship gets messed up, but money's not evil. In fact, money problems are not the fault of the money. Can I say that to you this morning? Money problems are not the money's fault. Really. It's like, stupid money, why'd you make me buy that TV? Really? I can't believe I had so much money, I just had to spend it all and make terrible investments. 
It's not the money's fault. Money problems happen because of the choices and the priority and the values that we put into our lives. And that's where the problems come. And uh, the state of our money has to actually do with the life choices that we make and the priorities we put in our lives. And if you want to know more about where your priorities should be and godly ways to handle your wealth, you can sign up for that elective starting this Wednesday night. One of them that we're going to do on Wednesday nights is going to talk about godly finances and how to handle your money. It's going to be awesome. It will change your life. You will be able to live now like no one else so that later you can live and give like no one else. So that's just a commercial for that. If you haven't signed up but you need it, You could look at the person next to you and say, you probably need the money class. Like, it's never me, it's it's somebody else. But money, when Jesus talked about it, money's just a tool. It's not good, it's not bad, it's just a tool that we get to use. And I want to make the case that when money comes into our hands, it can be transformed. And here's here's just a quick sketch of how that happens. The first thing, money can be transformed because we are supernatural people. Look at your neighbor and say that to them like you really mean it. We are supernatural people. Come on. Supernatural gets a bad rap. We watch these scary movies or we see the TV shows and we're like, oh, supernatural. Woo! Come on. The, mu- the funny music plays. It gets real st- mysterious and spooky. Supernatural just means above and beyond the natural realm. How many of you would agree with me or my, my lawyer or daughter would say, how many of you will stipulate that... God is supernatural. He, he is above and beyond the natural realm. And God is supernatural. And guess where he lives? In us. In case you needed some proof for that, 1 John 4.13 says this, We know that we live in him and he lives in us because he's given us his spirit. By definition, when the supernatural God makes himself one with you and comes to live with you, you have become a supernatural person. That is a transformation that takes place in the lives of Christians. When we believe, when we are born again, when we become a new creation according to Scripture, that changes you from just being a natural person, running around having to live by the laws and the rules of this world, to becoming a supernatural person. Thank you, Jesus, for us being supernatural people. This transforms us. And here's here's what happens to our money. Just like anything else, the things that God puts into our lives become supernatural. If, If we are supernatural people, the things that God adds and places in us are also supernatural things. Come on, we, we place a high value on the things that God gives us, don't we? we? We talk about the gifts of the Spirit a lot. 1 Corinthians 12, we love prophecy and the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and all these things. We put a high value on them. God, that's so awesome that you gave us those gifts. We hear his voice. We're thinking, God, that's awesome. You're supernatural. You speak to us. You give us your voice. That's fantastic. We value it. How about this? He gave us the ability to earn money. What if we started looking at money and the resources he's given us the same way as any other gift that comes from his hand? In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 18, it says this, Remember that it is the Lord your God who gives you the power to become rich. He does this because he is still faithful today to the covenant he made with your ancestors. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
When, when he says your ancestors there, he's actually talking about Abraham because it was Moses talking to the Jews, reminding them that we have an agreement with God, that he wants to walk with us, to be our God, to prosper us, to give us even natural wealth. There were things in the Bible you can make a very great case that Abraham had spiritual blessings, but he also became very wealthy. And it was God that did it to him. How many of you have ever had a moment in your Christian walk where God did something to you? So it's like, oh, I wasn't really looking for that. I wasn't pursuing it, but you caught me, God. Boom, and you did it in my life. That's kind of what happens sometimes. But we should value these things that he does as if they were gifts from him. And sometimes scripture says he may bring money because he is a loving and covenant-keeping God. That's a good amen point right there, but you're not sure about that. Should I amen money in church saying that God gives it to us? Well, Proverbs 10.22 actually says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. That's awesome, God. If you want to bless me and add no sorrow to it, my pockets are ready. <laughs> oh, Heather's looking at me like, don't say that. My, my dad and Heather had a very special relationship, and they talked a lot about, I open my pockets and God fills them. And, and sometimes dad loved Heather so much that she opened her pockets and he filled them as fast as he could. Uh, man, my dad was a generous man. He, he was awesome. I'm, and there's still lessons I wish I'm still learning. Can I say that? Wasn't dad generous, mom? You, there were things behind the scenes that nobody ever knew about that dad did and did with money that it was amazing. And sometimes I think, oh, man, I'm, I need to be more like that. I need to be more generous in my life and the example that I had growing up. Oh, I don't even know where I am now because I started talking about that, dad. Man, it, it, really is, it really is like your dad loves you so much that he just sneaks up and puts stuff in your pocket. Did, did you ever have a dad or a relative that did that to you that was just like, man, I, I love you so much that I just got to bless you? And man, I got to do it because now I'm talking about it and my money's burning a hole in my pocket. But you guys are going to have to fight over it. You're, it's like your dad loves you so much that he just comes up and slips money in your pocket. And for those of you that couldn't see, as soon as I took a step off the stage, Silas went like this. Uh, he's, I don't know where he gets it. <laughs> yeah, from his mom. Now, Pam, Pam was very happy that just happened, I would say. It, Silas is getting ready to go back to school, so that may have happened anyway, but I don't know. Oh, God really does love us, and he's a good dad, and he wants to pour out things in our lives. And sometimes they are spiritual blessings, sometimes it's physical health and all that, and sometimes it is money. And we got to be okay with talking about that and saying God is a God that keeps promises and blesses in a multitude of ways that we can't even fathom or imagine sometimes. And when he blesses us, when it comes from him, when he blesses us financially, it goes from just being a normal, regular tool to a supernatural tool when it gets in the hands of supernatural people. Come on, think about it. I, 
I got tools at home. I'm a, I'm a homeowner. I've done projects around the house. Some of them have been more successful than others. I could have a manual drill. How many of you are old enough that you've ever seen or used a manual drill? Like, oh, I got a drill bit. How long does that take to do anything? Oh my gosh, you could take all day long doing something with a manual drill or a manual screwdriver. How many of you know if you get something with a little power in it? Things start to happen. You can do things a lot quicker. Things start to multiply. You take that manual drill and you put a battery or a cord on it, and all of a sudden, man, it's kind of what money does when it becomes supernatural. If it's just natural, when the world uses it, oh, we could accomplish some things. We could do a few things. But when it becomes supernatural because God's breathing on it, all of a sudden what it can do multiplies. It gets superpowers. Come on. Man, my mom is waving at me. This is a Sunday of new things. We're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But I'm going to bring the mic back. And this is my mom, for those of you that didn't know. So she's... Mom, mom has earned the okay to do this because she is my mom and she was the pastor's wife for 25 years. She loves the church and cares, so she has special dispensation. Very quickly, very quickly, I'll tell you that uh, we were married seven years before my husband came to know the Lord. In those seven years, he gave $5 to Children's Hospital and he told this story, so I'm not telling it out of school. He said when he got saved, every meeting he went to, the, uh, God turned him upside down and emptied his pockets out every time. And it was a sign to us of the presence of Holy Spirit. You get filled with the Holy Spirit, you cannot stop giving. And what happens as you give, your pockets get filled. We went to a meeting at, a, at an evangelist meeting with a church group, and this was early in Dudley's Walk. And the Spirit began telling the people at the meeting from our church to empty your pockets out. And it happened that one of us had $20. And that $20 kept being passed around because God was speaking to each person that the $20 went to. It's like an anointing, a sign from God that he is prospering us and he is causing us to give with a cheerful heart. It was an amazing thing. As you give, you are filled up to overflowing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, I take it back. Pam is actually allowed to do that also. But nobody else. Like, I'm going to pretend I don't see any more hands waving at me today. I'm just kidding. Jesus is so good because he comes and he, keeps, he starts speaking things and doing things that line up. Man, I don't even know where I was. <laughs> I was talking about money. Money is just a tool, but when it comes into our hands from God and we are supernatural people, it goes from being a natural tool to a supernatural tool. That's where I was. And he wants us to value the natural resources that he's sent to us, that he's placed in our hands, the same way we would value those other spiritual resources that he puts in our lives. How many of you, that is a little bit of a mind shift, because we always think, oh, money, bad, evil, or it's just natural, worldly, I have to use it, I don't really want to. If it came from God, it's a gift that should be valued And we should look at it as something to be used that has an anointing on it, just like mom talks about. And it's like some of you, you're sitting there thinking, Pastor Chris, you're you're telling me 
to make money more valuable in my life. Like, I already have enough of a problem with thinking money's too valuable in my life. That's, that's not exactly what I'm saying. I'm telling you to value it differently. Begin to look at it as something that God has released into your life. Lord, what do you want me to do with this tool that you've given me? How can I make something happen that's supernatural? In fact, Jesus said a couple things about money in relationship to spiritual things. In Luke chapter 16, in verse 10, he said this, If you're faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. How about that one? More money won't transform you into a different person. It'll just reveal who you really are. Come on, if if we are... Uh, we, I got to say we about that one. If we are selfish and stingy when we have a little bit of money, guess what getting a lot of money is going to make you? More selfish and stingy. It's going to become more apparent to everybody. But if we are able to say, man, God, I'm just like Paul. I've learned to be content in whatever station in life I am. If I have a little or if I have a lot. If I learn to be generous when I have a little, guess what's going to happen if I have a lot? I'm going to continue to be a generous person. Because if I've been faithful in a little, I'll be faithful when I get a lot. It goes on in verse 11. It says, if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? I read that verse and I'm like, "Uh, Jesus, did you get that out of order? Like, didn't you mean to say if I'm a good Christian and I love people and I I do these things and I act right, that you'll give me more money and, and give me more worldly wealth? And Jesus actually said, the way that you interact with worldly wealth shows whether or not you are trustworthy to handle spiritual riches. Oh, snap. Like, that's bad news for me. Sometimes. I'm working on it. But he really says there is a relationship between how we handle money, whether we're generous or not, whether we're loving, whether we abound to other people, and how he will flow through our lives with spiritual things. Oh, Jesus, that's a hard one. I, I think at the root of it, he really wants us to be generous people with whatever he's placed in our hands. And sometimes, first it may be, I empty my pockets and I give it away, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm giving it away, and, oh, yeah, I, I'm hearing God. He, he wants to do things. I'm starting to sense his presence more and see him flow more in my life. I don't know why it works that way, But Jesus talked about it that way because it's important. And money represents a lot of what's going on in our lives. All right. Here's what I want to give you before we go. Uh, Not only do supernatural tools have supernatural power, they operate according to a supernatural value system. There, There are different ways that we will treat money if we view it as a gift from God, if we view it as a supernatural thing. And I just want to give you this list real quick, and then we'll wrap up today and go... Um, what does it look like? What's the value system if we think money is supernatural? Well, when we realize supernatural things have come into our lives, we see them as gifts from the gift giver, and we become thankful for them. How many of you are thankful when you've seen God move in your life? If you've heard his voice, you've received a prophecy, you've seen a prayer answered, you've seen a gift of the Spirit flow in your life or in a meeting you're in, we get really thankful for those things. God, supernatural things are happening. That's awesome. Thank you for it. What if we began to have that attitude towards our money? God, you, you've given me the power to earn wealth just like I saw in Deuteronomy. You've, you covenant-keeping God, you're a good father. Thank you. 
What if we got so excited about that, not because our bank account just went up, but because we see his hand working in our lives and it draws us closer to him? How about if money actually made us thankful instead of complaining? Well, anybody in the room, are you brave enough to admit with me that we've complained about money or the lack thereof? Yeah, yeah. I heard a pastor recently say, if God inhabits our praises, who inhabits our complaining? Do you want that mess in the middle of your money? All right, moving right along, Pastor Chris. That's really good, but I'm thinking about lunch now. We've been here. Come on. We can't complain about our money and then expect God to do a miracle in the middle of our finances. Come on, we need to get in a place, in a position where we realize, God, you have blessed me with this, and I'm going to thank you for the amount I have, no matter if it's big or small. I'm going to see it as coming from you, and it's going to draw me closer to you because I'm going to be thankful about it and worship you. Oh, let's, let's make a pact together. Stop complaining about our lack of money and just thank him for what he has given us. Here's another thing about supernatural things. Supernatural things should be used to benefit others. That is part of why Jesus shows up. What is the point of spiritual gifts? All that list we see in the Bible of spiritual gifts and the time the Spirit flows. The point of spiritual gifts is to build up others and point them to Jesus. What if we viewed our money the same way? I've been given this to help others and to help point them to Jesus. It might revolutionize some of our thinking. What if we gave money to somebody else and said, this is because Jesus loves you. No other reason. I'm not expecting anything. I just, I just had money in my pocket and I saw you there and I felt like you needed a, a reminder that God loves you. And not, not just the words coming out of my mouth, but boom. The hallelujah handshake. How many of you remember that? You grew up, grew up in a Pentecostal church. Give them the hallelujah handshake. That, that was code for take money in your hand and go like give it to somebody. Come on, too many times we, we just give words to people and people need to see something of substance before they hear the words that we're saying. But supernatural things are for the benefit of others. Uh, here's, here's something that might help us a little bit as far as supernatural things. We can pray for more supernatural things without feeling guilty about it. In, in Corinthians, it talks about eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And we, we've got no problem sitting in a room full of Christians and saying, we're praying for more spiritual gifts to happen. What if it was okay to pray that about money? Like not out of a wrong motive, not out of a heart. How many of us have ever gone into a prayer time with the Lord and said, man, I really wish I could bless those people more. Or I wish I could give to that ministry. Or I wish I could be more generous. What if we started our prayers like that? God, I want your blessings to flow through my life so they can flow to others. As opposed to most of us go to the prayer closet and say, here's these bills, I don't know what to do about them, God. I need more money. I think we should go into it with an attitude of, Lord, this is a resource I've been given. I'm going to pray for more of it so that I can give more and be more generous. Hmm. That's, a, that's a good word too. I'm going to write that one down myself and pray about it later. This, this is the last thing, and mom touched on this already. Supernatural things actually increase when you give them away. That is counter to the world. The world says whatever you get, hoard it for yourself, keep it, hold on to it, put it in the bank, save it. And in the kingdom, supernatural things actually multiply and increase in our life the more that we give them away to others. So that's part of the, the parable of the talents. 
I invested it and it increased. Oh, I hid it in the basement and buried it and I was called a wicked, lazy servant. The more we give things away, the more they increase, the more they grow in our lives. Uh, last verse today, Mark four twenty four says, With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. We always leave that part out. Come on, the, the, way, the way we release things to others is the way they flow back into our lives. And then Jesus had the nerve to tack on, and even more. It's, it just takes a little step in that direction to say, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to take a risk. And even more begins to happen in our lives. That's, that's why sometimes at New Life, we often say, pray for the person next to you like you would want someone to pray for you. How many of you have ever been in a service where we've said to do that? That's, that's why, because I want to give things away because I know God will bless me. I'm not doing it with weird motives like, oh, I'm going to pray for you because I need blessings from God. I just know that the more I give it away and the more I'm generous, the more it flows in my life. So this, this is the action point for this week. Uh, and on the screen, it says, sow a supernatural seed this week. How many of you think that sounds very churchy? Yeah, like... That is about as religious as it gets right there. Sow a supernatural seed this week. What's that mean? Give somebody some money this week. Can, can I put it in simple terms? What, come on. We don't know how many doors it opens, a simple act of giving something away. You, you may buy the person behind you in line at Starbucks their coffee. That could be the door that opens for them to have an encounter with Jesus. Nobody's ever been generous to me why are you buying my, my coffee? Or just walking up to somebody saying, hey, God put you on my heart, here's, here's some money. I don't know what it looks like. I'm going to leave that up to you. I don't even have an amount. It, it may be a dollar, it may be a hundred dollars. I don't know, but I just feel like there's something breathing on it that this week, if we take some money literally out of our stash and give it to somebody else, I think it's going to help trigger in our mind and remind us, oh, this is a supernatural tool that you've given me, that, that releases your love, that releases your power, that releases your testimonies of your goodness, God. It's just a tool that we get to use to make Jesus famous. How many of you think you could maybe take a risk and give some money to somebody this week? Yeah, okay. We're about 80% of us in the room are going to do this together this week, <laughs> which is awesome. That's, oh, Let's stand together. You guys have been very gracious. I just want to remind you, it is, it is not weird to talk about money in church. Don't make it an idol in your life. Receive it as a supernatural gift from God that he wants to use to help you bless others and be generous. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place today. Thank you for the work that has happened in our hearts and minds and our bodies by the power of the Holy Spirit today. We just ask that you would continue to work in our lives. God, I thank you that it's not just your, your work and your demonstration of your goodness isn't just for Sunday morning for an hour when we gather together, but you walk with us every moment of every day desiring to move through our lives to let others know how much you love them. Continue to work in us even as we leave this place. Lord, I thank you for the people in this room, their hearts to love you, their hearts to be generous to others, and to let people know about your goodness. Just release our lips, God, to open our mouths to talk about how awesome you are. Bless us right now, Lord, even as we go from this place. Let our step be filled with your power, your goodness, and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.